The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica on Beth 100 FM with a program um, to educating the general public and also answering your questions and concerns and everything you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community and the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community rejects any form of violence and is a peace-loving religious community with the motto of love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to send in your questions or concerns, please do so via WhatsApp and the number is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. Today, on this program, we are looking at the prohibition of interest in Islam. So today, I am joined by Imam Tariq Azim, who is going to tell us all that we need to know about interest, the prohibition of interest in Islam. Imam Tariq Azim is um, the president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community this is just for the knowledge of the new listeners. Imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq. And um, we are delighted to have you today again on the program. And as I said, today we are looking at the prohibition of interest. In Islam, we are taught that interest is forbidden and there is a severe you know um, warning or there is um, a strict uh, guidelines guiding and also governing um, the institution of you know the financial setup and uh, Muslims are not supposed to take interest um, if I ask you what is interest what will be the the simplest answer you can give us Yes, absolutely. I mean, but I will. I, I would prefer to uh, help our listeners understand the definition of interest based on general business terms, okay. as well as Islamic terminology. Sure. Um, when we look at the basic dictionary, Merriam-Webster, one of the most popular, it says a charge for borrowed money, generally a percentage of the amount borrowed. Then, more from a business perspective, this is taken from Investopedia. Um, basically a resource on understanding business terms. Yeah. So it says two main types of interest can be applied to loans, simple and compound. 
simple interest is a set rate on the principal originally lent to the borrower that the borrower has to pay for the ability to use the money. The other is compound interest. It is the interest on both the principal and the compounding interest based on that loan. The latter of the two types, that is compound, is most common. So here we, we see that there's two types of interest generally prevalent in the society today. One is a simple uh, you know, uh, interest. For example, if uh, someone gives uh, $100 to someone yeah. and they say that you have to give back uh, by the end of the year, uh, $5 extra on top of that. So that is simple and interest. But then there is compounding interest, which doubles or not, I shouldn't say doubles, but it increases. So now, for example, a year passes and the, it is an agreed amount that on $100, $500, five extra dollars were to be paid. So 105 was to be paid. But if it has not been paid in that time, it, the, the new interest will be calculated not on the principal amount, but including the interest amount, which is 105. Okay. So it will keep making it more and more difficult for the person that hasn't been able to pay the original amount to pay back the new amount. So th this is uh, the general uh, concept of interest. And absolutely, as you mentioned earlier, Islam, uh, you know, categorically uh, rejects any form of interest to be used in our uh, transactions. Uh, the founder of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was one time uh, inquired about interest. That, you know, interest is basically the, is a general way of doing business. And uh, tell me if this falls, like somebody asked him that if this falls under interest or not. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, asked that gentleman a simple question. He said, does your money give birth to children? <laughs> Basically meaning that, does it grow? Just itself, money yeah. sitting on its own by itself, does it grow? And if the answer, you know, if you're trying to understand what interest is, if anyone has any type of money that is increasing in value just by sitting there without doing anything, that is a form of interest and that has been forbidden in Islam. Because what is happening is, I mean, we will of course get into the discussion later, but we are crippling our society we're making our nation, our country, our people, society poor day by day because we are claiming to create money which actually isn't there. For example, I'll, I'll just go back to that example that, uh, you know, that I gave earlier. I, I yeah. give you $100 and I say that you have to pay me back $105. Let's say in our, um, you know, between us, that is the only money there is in total. Now, for you to give me back that extra $5, that $5 doesn't really exist anywhere in any bank or anything like that. Yeah. It's actually the interest that has been created. So the money actually doesn't exist. So the society starts to get, in a way, more poor and poor. So, I mean, this gets very complicated if we go into the details and this becomes a cause of inflation and whatnot as well in our society in every day. Uh, but generally, it needs to be understood that interest is forbidden in Islam and the definition given by the Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, is that if your money is growing by itself, if, you know, as he explained in very simple uh, layman's terms, that does your money give birth to children? If it does that, that is interest and that is forbidden in Islam. Thank you very much. Um, you know, generally... The purpose of going for loans, people going for loans, is that they need help. 
and uh, usually a person who is self-sufficient wouldn't go for loan so it is usually people who need and i wouldn't want to use the word poor but um, people who need some kind of assistance are those who go for loan and the loan should be intended to help them get out of the the trench of poverty or of that kind of need that they find themselves in but then if interest is put on the kind of help they are going for which ends up crippling them then i think societies are not um, doing anything better to help the less privileged amongst us yes absolutely i mean this is this is where uh, you know we hear the remark very common in our society the rich gets richer why is it that the rich gets richer because the rich already has money the poor who is lacking money when he goes to the rich person to borrow some funds he is not just going to pay back the amount that he borrowed but he's going to give more money to the rich person who already yeah. has more than everybody else yeah. so this is interest and this is uh, in in our capitalist society today uh, we see very commonly that the rich is rich people keep getting richer unfortunately so um as muslims the number one source of guidance is the holy quran um can you establish what we are saying that islam prohibits um taking of interest can you establish it from the holy quran what does the quran say about it yes uh, the holy quran has talked about interest or usury in several different places in the holy quran i have taken four verses from chapter 2 which come in a sequence Uh, and this gives us a very clear indication on the islamic perspective uh, or prohibition uh, of interest in islam allah the almighty has said that o ye who believe fear allah and relinquish what remains of interest if you are believers but if you do it not then beware of war from allah and his messenger and if you repent then you shall have your original sums thus you shall not wrong nor nor shall you be wrong and what? fear the day yeah. when you shall be made to return to allah i'll read this verse again and fear the day when you shall be made to return to allah then shall every soul be paid in full what it has earned and they shall not be wronged this is from chapter 2 verses 279 to 282 of the holy quran So here Allah the Almighty God Almighty has made it very clear that once someone becomes muslim they have to let go of interest if they had uh, you know given some uh, they had lent some money to another person uh, before they accepted islam and in the terms it was uh, stipulated that uh, interest will be collected so islam teaches us that even in that case you let go of the interest you collect you have the right to collect your principal amount the money that you have given to the other sure. person but not the interest that is one of the things explained in, in these verses another thing it mentioned here is that if you go on and uh, you know continue to collect interest then what you are doing is basically announcing war or starting a war with allah and his messenger prophet muhammad peace be upon him and this war it should be understood that this is a natural consequence of interest 
it's not saying that uh, you know the, the prophet is going to wage war or anything like that oh, allah himself is, is going to wage allah, him, allah himself is going exactly this is just stating a consequence that any society that runs on interest the it, it gets so crippled to the point that eventually wars and chaos breaks out in the society and as as a matter of fact when we look at the history and we see many wars that have been fought over the years over the centuries many of them had to do uh, with crippled economy which why did that economy get crippled in first place we noticed that it was because of interest that you know the countries the nations had become bankrupt and to only to survive they had to either go uh, attack and loot other countries or resort to other illegal means so this is what is mentioned in here that uh, the the you know the an economy or a society that runs on interest it it is leading itself towards fire it's leading itself towards war and chaos beside that these verses also state that you shall not wrong nor shall you be wronged so basically the 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 system of interest is based on wronging each other right like i'm i'm asking you to give me more money than i have actually given you yes. so this is actually explained in another chapter of the holy quran chapter 83 verses 2 to 4 allah says woe unto those who give short measure those who when they take by measure from other people they take it full but when they give by measure to others or way to them they give them less and this is exactly what we see is happening today for example um i like you know many of many people here sure. put their money in the bank in their saving account and they collect interest on it because it sounds very appealing that they're earning money that way so what happens is that i put my money into the into the bank and i might be collecting a very small maybe 1% interest on it another person somebody who is in need goes to the bank when he takes a loan from the bank they're not going to give him on one person they're going to give him at a higher rate yeah so this is what the holy quran is saying that this is this is wrong that when you take it when you take something from others uh you basically you know you try to get it at the lowest rate but when you sell things you try to make maximum profit from it to an extent that you are exploiting people so this is uh, basically uh, these are in short the teachings of the holy quran given in regards to interest that's interesting and also detailed explanation particularly with the with the last example you gave i would implore our listeners to if those who have bank accounts just take your bank statement and look at at the end of the the month look at what is termed as interest on your whatever money you have and then look at the bank charges so the bank charges usually in some cases are about five times the what is so called interest which in your case you mentioned about like 1% it is never i mean in in even in a year most banks wouldn't give you 1% however when you are going for I mean a loan of same amount you are paying in excess of over 60 to 70% and that is um directly uh, what the verse you spoke about in chapter 83 verse 2 to 4 that woe unto those that when they give to people they give less but then when they are taking from others they take in full 
Can you also share with us what the guidance of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is on interest? Yes, absolutely. They also shed light on um, uh, this concept of interest or prohibition of interest in Islam. Uh, one of these, one of the first narration that I have in front of me here, it is mentioned that a companion says that we used to sell um, or barter or trade two saws, two cups of dates for one cup of dates, better dates. So the Prophet said to us that no bartering or trading of two saws, two cups for one cup, nor two dirhams for one dirham is permissible. Dirham is one of the, uh, it was the currency uh, in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. So this trading where you give two, uh, two coins for one coin, it is also uh, forbidden in Islam. Basically saying that um, for an equal amount, an equal, equal amount can be given, yeah. Yeah. not more, not, not less. There's another narration. Uh, it says that the bartering of the bartering of gold for gold is usury, that is interest, except if it is from hand to hand and equal in amount. And wheat grain for wheat grain is usury, except if it is from if it is uh, for hand in hand or hand to hand and equal in amount. And then the same is mentioned for date barley and you know cash as well or any kind of coins so basically it, it is uh, in islam um, it is very clear from these narrations that if you are trading two same items may it be you know money may it be any other type of uh, produce if you're exchanging two same items then they must be uh, done equal in value for example if i uh, if you you know let's uh, back in the days much of the trading was actually done uh, with, with whatever was produced by people in their farms. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, if I gave you one kilogram of um, bananas or maybe, uh, you know, and then I would collect back, whenever I collect back one kilogram of dates, not that I would say that, okay, now that time you were in need, so today you're going to give me 1.5 or 2 kilograms of bananas. That would be wrong. Another narration, it is mentioned that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said... <laughs> When one of you grants a loan and the borrower offers him a dish, he should not accept it. And if oh. the borrower offers a ride on an animal, he should not ride, unless the two of them have been previously accustomed to exchanging such favors mutually. So here, Islam teaches us a very high standard of uh, giving loan to other people. Islam says you should stay away from interest, number one. But then you should be so cautious that you should not receive any kind of favor even. From the person the who, who has borrowed from you. Who has borrowed from you. That's, that, that's, so, that's quite, quite, you know, um, If I, if I um, you know, uh, lend you some money. Sure. Then after, the, once you have taken the money from me, which you, will, you say you will return to me maybe in six months. And then you say that uh, because you have helped me out, let me, uh, you know, come to my house and let me uh, cook a meal for you. Yeah. Now, even this kind of falls into the category of interest or usury, and that is forbidden in Islam. This is the highest standard that Islam teaches. But then the Prophet also says, um, unless the two of them have been previously accustomed to, to that exchanging. Okay. Exactly. So, for example, if I go to your house even before very often and you invite me for lunch or dinner or whatever, it's a normal thing. 
then it, 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 it would be acceptable. But specifically after the exchange, just because I've done you a favor, I should not accept anything um, that could be, you know, constituted as in interest um, because that is against the teaching of Islam. Last hadith, last saying of the Prophet I will mention right now. There is, there is so much actually, I mean, uh, mentioned on this topic. But just to make it short, I will mention one last hadith so that we can move on to uh, other parts of the discussion as well. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, if a man extends a loan to someone, he should not accept a gift. So this is basically repeating the same concept that was mentioned in the last hadith, that if a loan is given, it should be done out of goodness. And when you have done, out of, done it out of goodness, you should not accept a gift from the other person. This is uh, done. This is done. This teaching is given so uh, that interest cannot be disguised under any other uh, favor, of, uh, favor, favor. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it you know nothing if somebody wishes to help someone by giving them a loan It should be very very clear that it is a loan and nothing extra will be received back from you Just that no gift no um, You know an invitation to a meal or providing a ride or any other favor uh, towards the one who has uh, who has lent the money Which means Islam uh, looks um, seeks to close all doors of the borrower being indebted to the one who has, you know, lent him the money so that it doesn't also become um, like a burden on him because I have borrowed money from you. Of course, I'm going to pay back the money, but then I should not be under any obligation to offering you ride every day. Um, because, of course, I have borrowed money from you or inviting the person to mail or, you know, organizing some kind of special treat to the person which intends the person, um, it will translate into the person eating his money from you even before you go and pay back the original um, principal money. And then the second one you gave, um, the second one also looks to um, close every avenue of corruption We've seen it uh, in the political cycle. There's something people call kickback. And um, just to give an idea, you give a contract. And usually, I mean, it happens with some political parties. They give contract to some contractors. And there is a stipulated amount that the person is supposed to give, like a gift, to the political party or the institution offering the contract to the person. So Islam says when you give a loan to somebody, don't take even a gift from that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the very high standard that Islam is setting um, complete honesty and transparency in our transactions and our transactions, loans or whatever we give to someone, they should be done out of, uh, you know, helping our brothers, helping our sisters, uh, helping them, uh, you know, come out of poverty or whatever difficult situation they might be in. And this is one of the, the strictest, um, you know, practices Muslims uh, I, I mean, try as much as possible to practice because um, Muslims, as we have said in our previous programs, are very much particular about instructions um, given in the Holy Quran. And Muslim banks also do not take interest. We will come back to the banks, how they make profit, how they are able to sustain their uh, business. I believe some listeners might be wondering if Muslims are not allowed to take interest and Muslim banks don't take interest, how do they uh, maintain their day-to-day -day activities? But then 
let's look at the other religions always whenever we talk about islam we try to also find some kind of um precedence in other religions if they do exist um particularly from the bible which is the common book accepted by most of our listeners does the bible make mention of interest and if so what does it say yes um it would be surprising to actually some of the listeners that it is not only islam that forbids interest uh, most other religions and many of the earlier philosophers such as aristotle and you know other people who were his contemporaries they yeah. disliked interest they forbade interest or you know discouraged interest in their communities but looking at the bible particularly uh, if our listeners open up to deuteronomy uh, chapter 23 verse 19 it is mentioned that you shall not charge interest on loans to your brother interest on money interest on food interest on anything that is lent for interest so here the word brother is used and sometimes people interpret it uh, as only israelites that only when you're lending to other israelites you uh, you don't charge them interest but the word used is brother and um, whomsoever you're lending money you should not charge interest it is, as it is very clearly stated in this verse then in um, leviticus chapter 25 verse 36 it is mentioned that take no interest from him or profit but fear your god that your brother may live beside you when i read this verse yeah. it, it sounds very similar to me uh, to the teachings of the holy quran completely forbidding interest sure, sure. why number one so that you have uh, fear of god in your heart you're letting go of any personal advantage for the sake of god number one and so that your brother may live beside you so that you may your, your brother may also live in peace so that is the you know second fundamental teaching of islam yeah. that you should serve humanity worship god and serve humanity so both these uh, reasons have been mentioned here and for both these reasons one should not be collecting interest as it is taught in the bible then we look at exodus uh, 22 uh, verse 25 If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor you shall not be like a money lender to him and you sh- you shall not exact interest from him so here again interest completely forbidden so it doesn't here it doesn't talk about just even it doesn't restrict to the brother as people would try to take some kind of um, refuge in the word brother exactly and it is made very general that whoever is poor you should help them out and you shall not be like a money lend- lender to him even though you are lending money to him yeah the point mentioned here is that you should not uh, you know uh, make it a very financial kind of transaction only rather it should be done out of kindness towards that person and then obviously not collect any interest from him but the most interesting i find is from the new testament luke uh, gospel of luke 6 chapter 6 verse 35 it says but love your enemies do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back here it doesn't talk about interest only uh, it says lend them without getting anything back so let's say whatever we are lending we do collect it back but anything other than that would be completely inappropriate but here bible is actually telling us to go a step further and if we can let go of the amount that we are lending them we should let go and now when we look around ourselves in our society 
who in our you know looking at in Jamaica we are a Christian majority country where is this teaching practiced or at least it's not practiced very commonly and this is very uh, much the teaching given in Islam as well we today we see that the society has become so capitalist and uh, the prophet of Islam hinted towards it as well that the 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 you know the global community will become so uh, capitalist or so interest based economy that it will be very difficult for anyone to stay away from it. the prophet peace be upon him is going to say that a time will certainly come over the people when none will remain who will not devour interest if he That's does serious. not devour it it's a, he says if he does not devour it its vapor will overtake him so this is the society we are living in today uh, despite the fact that islam has clearly forbidden and so has the the bible forbidden it but it has become so rampant and commonly accepted practice in the society that even if one tries to stay away from it completely uh, as the prophet said its vapor will still overtake him so this is the teaching given and and I, I, i will share one more thing of the holy prophet here yeah yeah he says one coin of interest a small amount one coin of interest that is knowingly consumed by a person is worse to allah than 36 acts of illegal sexual intercourse a serious and one might wonder that why is interest so much more severe uh, as mentioned in in this in this saying of the prophet peace be upon him uh, in comparison to intercourse sexual intercourse which we know um you know fornication or adultery is one of the uh, biggest sins the reason is that in a sexual intercourse which it is a sin a very major sin yeah. but at the same time the harm of that sin uh, for most part is with the person committing the sin and um, you know stays there pretty much but interest okay. cripples the economy and makes everybody you know suffer the whole economy the whole society the whole nation suffers because of it so we should try and stay away from interest completely as it is in accordance with the teachings of islam as it is in accordance with the teachings of the bible and if we think logically it appeals to our you know conscience our mind that uh, interest is extremely harmful to our society from what you said from the bible references you gave it means it's not only the holy quran the holy quran is not the only um religious scripture which forbids interest and the bible also does so but then the difference is that if if anybody any listener could you know search you go to the muslim countries where or you can search about the muslim countries where they practice um strictly the islamic you know system of banking and you would notice that interest is not part of their system and um however when you see what you said from the bible and compare it to what we see in most of these our christian countries even including the own country that we are um here in jamaica it is not something that is um practicable um you have given several verses from the holy quran and also from the bible but then um here in a christian country it is one of the things that everyone will be talking about particularly students loans and you know the repayment system and mortgage and other you know forms of um interest which end up crippling the people that they were supposed to help um can i can i ask you to take us 
true why Islam forbids interest? The basic question, why does Islam forbid interest? Yes, that, that is an essential question because we believe as Muslims that whatever teachings are given in the Holy Quran, they're based on nature of mankind. They are given in light or considering, uh, you know, what is best for our society, what is best for mankind. So interest, forbidding of interest is very, uh, you know, much in light with our nature when we try to understand it, uh, especially these days. When I say especially these days, because in, in today's society, interest is thought to be so essential that without it, we cannot, uh, we cannot function. But I, in reality, this is not the case. Rather, this is something that causes harm, as I will try to explain yeah. uh, now. See, wheels of the economy, they run when people spend money. Yeah. People invest money. If no one spends the money, let's say I spend only as much as to you know meet my bare minimum needs and the rest of it just sits with me either in my bank or in, in my house somewhere, I don't spend it anywhere. The economy will not thrive. Economy won't thrive and generally other people in the society will suffer. So we need to come up with a method so that people will spend their money, people will invest their money rather than just leaving it in their, in their boxes somewhere in the house or in the banks or whatever. So one way to make people spend their money is to penalize the people who don't spend. That is putting a fine on people that you have all these, these funds in your house that you're not spending or in your bank that you're not spending. So therefore you have to pay a fine. This is the route that Islam takes. It looks harsh, but in reality, it gives a lot of benefit. As I will come back to it. And you are referring to you are referring to zakat. Correct, correct. In Islam, if someone has uh, funds that he is not using, um, just literally just sitting there for one full year, one full year, and I did not use them, I am supposed to pay 2.5 percent of that money uh, towards uh, zakat or charity. Right. So again, for the betterment of uh, uh, public, that money is being used. But it is being encouraged to me that either I spend that money, invest it in some kind of uh, property or some other place or in some, in some other business, or I pay that fine. So yeah. this is one way of pushing people to invest their money into the economy. So that the money so can circulate. Money can circulate and economy can run better. Yeah. The other way is, that we incentivize, um, you know, investment or savings. So that, for example, you, inv you invest your money into the savings account. You put your money into the bank saving account. Now you will collect interest on it. So this is the other way. Now, when you put your money in, in a savings account in whatever bank, that money is now allowed to be used for purposes of you know building and different things in the country. And now because you're lending your money to the government or to the bank directly, you are earning an interest and this is the other way to make people spend their money. So both of these ways, you know, now you have to compare them that which one is better for the economy, better yeah. for the society. On the surface, I must say that this incentivizing looks very nice that, oh, you are earning money on, you know, by saving your money. But in reality, it is underneath crippling our society. It has been crippling our society. And that is why we see so many recessions and we keep seeing 
that the rich people constantly keep getting richer. That one person that we always talk about keeps gaining more and more wealth while the 99% other majority of the world is, you know, basically squeezed into more tight corner uh, as with time. This concept, as I mentioned, of in incentivizing our investment or savings, this is a very good way, when I say good in the sense that it works in exploiting poor individuals. What happens is that the bank says that you have all this money, why don't you put it into our bank? And we will give you this much money in return. So it sounds like that, yes, we're making money just by <laughs> leaving our money in the bank. Yeah. But in reality, what is happening is, let's say that um, I leave my, um, you know, 300,000 in the bank uh, as a saving. And let's say that after one year, on that 300,000, I have earned, let's say, 3,000 on top of that. It will not even be up to that. It will not be. Yeah, be the maximum you might get will be about 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's say that the, the government has launched some very nice looking scheme yeah. and they say that if you invest 300,000 two years later if you leave it there like you know bonds and different things like that sometimes yeah. you will earn um, uh, 15,000 if you leave it there for three years well see now you have to keep in mind that yes it looks like a very appealing deal but after three years will your money actually be worth um, the same at the that value. point the value. the value of it would be the same or it would be lesser so you, if you compare what you have earned in interest versus the inflation rate of the country, you would realize that you've not made money, you have lost money. And someone else, the bank or whomsoever, has actually made tons of money from your money that you left with them. So what happens now is that, um, you know, for example, if you go and uh, look at a land property uh, to buy just to, just to get an idea that how much this land costs today. Let's say that you could buy it for 300,000 today. Three years later, when you're going to get 315 from the bank, 15,000 interest, yeah. that same property might be worth 400,000 now. Yeah. I'm just giving an example, but in majority of the cases, you would notice that whatever interest you have earned, it will always be behind the inflation rate and you will be losing money, but this interest is a way of exploiting uh, the general public in our society so that, uh, the, again, you know, the rich keeps on getting richer and the poor keeps on getting poor. So um, this, is, this is just one example. There is, there is tons of examples of this. For example, I mean, we talked about this before too. If I put my money in the bank and three years later, I'm promised to get 15,000 extra on that 300,000. Now, in that same time, I have that extra money sitting there, so I put it in the bank. I'm not losing anything. I'm, I, I can, you know, even if it only goes up 15,000, I can say that, okay, I didn't lose too much at least. But let's say there is another poor person who is genuinely in need of money. He goes to the bank to get 300,000 loan. He gets 300,000 loan, which he has to pay back three years later as well. But he will not be paying 315. He will, might be paying 400,000 on top of that, you know, 100 extra on top of that 300,000. So what happens is now we have that extra money in our economy, but what we are doing it is that we are squeezing or basically, you yeah. know, um, making the poorest people in our country um, give extra, give way more than what they can actually afford. 
while that money is actually sitting there, literally just sitting there, if there was a system, if there is a system that we can directly help them, it would be far better for them and overall for the economy. So in the system where we are using interest, yeah. the poorest or the most needy are basically, you know, um, getting crushed by the system. They're becoming, it is becoming more and more difficult for them to survive. For example, like, I mean, this, this is what causes chaos in the society, True. right? If there is a person who took some loan and when, once the term expired, he was not able to pay it back. He um, now has no means of paying back the bank. What is he going to do? He's going to approach somebody else, maybe in a society that makes money through illegal means. And now he has money to lend to people. So he, he might lend him um, that amount so that he can pay back to the bank. Now that person pays back to the bank, but now he owes money to that, to that you know, mafia or um, the, the lord or the whatever, the chief of his area or the businessman which makes money through illegal means in his area. Now he owes him money. And now next for, for many years now or even generations perhaps he might not be able to pay him back because his terms might even be more strict than what the bank has stipulated. Either this will result in um, the borrower becoming a, in a way slave to, to the person who had lent the money or um, that person might eventually be uh, murdered because he could not pay back the money to the person that had that had that you know that had lent the money, and this is what we see in our society happening every now and then. That the person who has given the money, who has uh, lent the money to another person, gives death threats and many other things like that. And uh, again, this is the result of interest in our economy. And when we look at the concept of uh, interest at national level or international level, we see that rich countries exploit poor countries using interest and you know whenever IMF or one of these organizations or any other rich country lends money to a poorer country to a developing country the conditions are so strict that in a way the, the borrower the country that is borrowing the money loses all autonomy loses all control of its own system and it becomes a slave country to the one that had given that had given the money and this, this happens all the time. And we see South America, many countries are example of this. Argentina, uh, as we, we, we read that this is one of the most, uh, you know, it's one of the countries that has borrowed most significantly from IMF. Most recently, Ecuador borrowed money from IMF uh, in excess of $4 billion, uh, that they were supposed to receive over three years. But the way they, um, you know, the, the, the restrictions that were placed by IMF over Ecuador, they crippled them to the, or they were going to cripple them to the point that tens of thousands of people were going to lose jobs in their own country. So even though the loan is given to help the economy, but what's actually happening is that the country that is taking the loan, especially based on interest, is losing much more, uh, even after the loan is fully received from another organization or country, uh, the situation has not gotten better. Rather, it has gotten worse than where they actually started off. So uh, this is this is unfortunate situation. When we read into it more and more, the more we realize that how this economy, this system of uh, interest is crippling our, uh, our 
you know, global village, our world, uh, our own country and the countries, uh, other developing countries in our, uh, you know, basically in, in, uh, in the world. People listening to us, some of the listeners and some businesses which benefit from interest and other things might be saying that um, if we don't take interest, how do we survive? But then when we extend it to the national level, as you spoke about, they understand the need to be interest-free on some loans which are, are supposed to help the poorer countries. And you mentioned some countries. There is a, um, one, one kind of loan which is very common among some um, you know, developing countries called Chinese loan and other things. And I believe um, it, is, it is not anything which is hidden, so there shouldn't be any problem talking about it. But uh, the, the, the system of some of these loans is such that they don't even give you the loan. They, you, you have agreement, you sign agreement with them. If they are giving you $2 billion, they arrange the loan in phases. So like have about three or four phases. The first phase we are going to give you, you have to withdraw this amount within this stipulated um, you know, time. And if you don't do it, the money has not been given to you. But if you don't do it within that time, you pay some kind of penalty for not drawing on the fund. And they are also not, some of these loans are also not allowing you to do what you want to do with the loan they are giving you. But then they instruct you as to what to do with it. And in some cases, they bring their own men to come and work in those kind of um, um, setup and construction that they are giving the money. So, in, in, in you know, at the end, you are getting crippled and crippled. And we have seen or heard of some countries' assets which are being taken by some other foreign countries because they were not able to pay um, the loans that they owe to them. So, I believe it is quite um, in the right direction that Islam forbids taking interest once we give loan. Initially, when you were making the um, other presentation, you spoke about the value of the money. That can also be a question. If a person is supposed to only take the seed money, the capital, what happens if the value of the money um, depreciates? The main aspect is kindness. Yeah. Right? And that is what needs to be considered. In Islam, there is two ways that you can help someone. If somebody comes to me saying that uh, can you help me with $50,000 as a loan? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, with this 50000 I will give it back to you in one year or two years or whatever it might be. So now I have two ways. Uh, one, either I can give him the money simply and say that bring it back in two years. Yeah. No interest, no nothing on it. And that exact amount will be brought back regardless of inflation and all these issues. The other is, that I give him the money, but I become a partner in whatever he is about to do. For example, if he intends to start a business, whatever business that he is starting, that 50,000 or whatever amount I have given him, I will become a partner in whatever business he is starting. So whatever he earns from there, I will benefit from that. And that benefit, that profit that I earn based on my share, that will be my rightful share and there is no harm in it is that. not going to constitute interest no but why it is not going to uh, constitute as interest is because if that person loses money you also business, lose with him i also lose with him okay so, so it's almost like a share it becomes share yeah. where you are guaranteed that you will make money 
even if the other person goes bankrupt, that is interest. But if you become a partner with him, when you give him money, you lend him money, you become a partner with him, then that becomes, uh, you know, where the loss and the gain, both are shared by you and the borrower, that is all right. See, this is where Islamic banking comes in, and this is what Islamic banking is. Okay. That we, when bank gives someone a loan, the bank becomes partner in that, uh, in that venture or business, whatever is starting. And whatever uh, the, the person earns now after borrowing the money from the bank, the bank will also gain from it. Okay. Or they will also lose from it if that person goes and loses money. So in this system that Islam uh, promotes, what happens is that Islam looks for, promotes looking of people who are honest and sincere in a community, in a yeah. society. For example, if you, um, if you have some money and you know that if you keep it for a year, you would have to pay zakat on it. That is yeah. the type of a charity which is mandatory for some person who has uh, quite a sufficient money, which he is not used for one full year, instead of paying the fine or that charity, it would be best for you to invest that money into economy. So yeah. what would you do? You would go look for an investor. When you will go and look for an investor, you will look for what? You will look for somebody who is honest, faithful, and sincere. If somebody has these qualities, you would understand that if I trust my money to him, he will make good profit on my money rather than um, trying to it. do any kind of, yeah, trying uh, or wasting it. So that way, this Islamic system of uh, banking or Islamic system of financing. Now I bring my money to you. I trust you with it. I, you invest it wherever you feel comfortable. I trust you that you will give me even shares. Obviously, we look through the documents and all those things and yeah. go through our formal contracts. But this system of Islamic financing brings the most honest and sincere people to the front. They become richer. Yes, they do become richer. But at the same time, they are fair in their dealings and they are truly helping the economy, unlike the capitalist society today, where the rich has no consideration generally for the lower, uh, you know, um, or the majority of the world. All they're caring about is how we can make more and more money. When we look in, uh, you know, uh, history of Islam, yeah. we find that the, some of the saints in Islam were the finest businessmen as well. Okay. Imam Abu Hanifa, he's regarded as one of the greatest scholars of Islam and one of the greatest saints in Islam. But he was also one of the greatest businessmen in Islam. People trusted him with, with you know, with their money. People would bring him the pouches or whatever of money and say that, put it anywhere, invest it anywhere because you have a better yeah. idea and we trust you completely. That it was not just him, other people as well. But more honest and sincere you are in an Islamic society, where when I say Islamic society, one that is founded and based on the principles and teachings of Islam, Islam yeah. you would notice that the most honest and sincere people would come to the front and the crooks and the fraudulent people would be pushed back. In the society today, when we look around us, many times people would very openly say that, uh, you know, these businesses or whatever they're doing, they have no interest uh, uh, for the sake, you know, they have no goodwill at heart for the for sake the of humanity. Yeah, for the people, for yeah. the people. So this is what is different in Islam. 
And this is how Islamic banking, Islamic financing uh, differs from uh, a capitalist, capitalist society. There is actually several books written on this topic uh, that how, what Islamic banking model looks like, what Islamic banking would look like um, without interest or our banking would look like without interest. So, I mean, we cannot go into all of those details because uh, they require very technical information. Uh, somebody who understands these uh, basic Islamic principles, as well as understands, um, you know, eco uh, economy and accounting and all these different subjects, but if such a person would be best uh, able to understand and describe these things. But what we have discussed today, I think it should give our listeners an idea that uh, how Islam or the system Islam promotes, how it is better uh, for our economy, for our society, for our countries, for our nations uh, worldwide. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim. And um, as you said, Islam also Islam offers a double-sided solution to all situations. Islam does not just encourage the people who are lending money to lend without interest but then they also and Islam also encourages the borrower to be honest and um, trustworthy fulfilling the trust and trust is also another important um, subject in Islam that maybe one day we would uh, talk about so Islam um, you know imposes on the borrower to be truthful in all dealings just because when there is a loss they will share together and when there is also in i mean a profit then it is also shared and for that reason islam encourages that um just like you said the islamic banks that is one of the um the models they use that um they give you the the loan or they give you the money but then um they um help you to um do the business and in the business that you are doing there's agreement that if you make profit we have a share in the profit. If you run lost also, we also share in the loss. So that is not the 100% concrete agreement that whether you make loss or you have profit, we are going to take our interest. That is not what Islam says. And um, I'm very glad you joined us today. A quick question I should ask before we uh, run out of time is that when a Muslim receives an interest on his savings, um, there is a system that a person cannot even tell the banks, don't add interest on my savings. So when a person receives such an interest on his savings at the end of the year or month, what does he do with it? Yes, it's a, for Muslims, it is a very um, important question because uh, we cannot use that money that, you know, uh, that we have earned from interest on ourselves at all. Rather, okay. we're not even allowed to just simply give it in charity either. Uh, in Islam, we usually use it uh, for other purposes, such as uh, you know, promoting a propagation of the religion that we can use it for. But we will absolutely not use it on our own selves. For example, when I receive uh, interest on any of my banking accounts, it is a very small amount, so you can't take it out every month. Insignificant, yeah. Exactly. So what you can do is that at the end of the year, you can usually see the transaction. So at yeah. the end of the year, you can see that how much it is. And if, if it is anything sizable amount, then you can uh, withdraw it and give it away to, to anybody that might be in need. Uh, not in need, sorry, uh, but in charity for the propagation of Islam, not so not uh, to be consumed by people, by myself or anybody else. 
this is important to understand that interest is uh, so severely forbidden in Islam that it cannot be used for ourselves or even anybody else uh, in the Thank you very much. And I have uh, one chart, um, a loan chart from a banking institution here in Jamaica, and um, it stipulates that um, like when a person takes a loan of 300000 the payment term, even if the person is ready to pay the money in the next month, maybe you take the loan, but then you have the money next month, you want to go and pay it back, they say, no, we don't want it. We, you are spreading your payment system, a payment term to five years. In, in some of these cases, as I have in front of me, and every month you are going to pay 8,186. So, what it means is that at the end of the five years, from the 300,000, you might have paid 491,160. So, that is 64%, and um, literally crippling the one who came for the loan. So, um, today's discussion, I believe, um, is very fruitful. And also, as Muslims, we try as much as possible to adhere to the teaching of Islam. And to our listeners, um, here is all that time would allow us on today's program. And a very big thank you to the listeners and also our Imam Tariq Azim for joining us today and taking us through the prohibition of interest in Islam. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It's love for all and hatred for none. And assalamu alaikum. Thank mm-hmm. you.